have you watched the show Maze? If you haven't, you really have to. It's such a powerful show. And if you have to, and you want to discuss it with somebody, well, I'm here for you. I'm your girl. I was so fascinated to watch this show because it shares many very powerful aspects of what a relationship that is toxic can look like. But I want to focus today on discussing just a couple of things. One is what abuse is. That is deeply important. And the other thing is trauma. So uh, you, you might wonder why is she going to talk about trauma? Well, because I work precisely with somatic trauma resolution, understanding how trauma is stored in our bodies, how it passes from one generation to another, and how we as women are dealing with some very specific kind of trauma. But let's start with the abuse. That, that part, I find that it's particularly important. And it's particularly important because the abuse that we see in that show, it's harder to recognize for so many people. Therefore, it's more common than what we would hope to find. The kind of abuse that happens very smoothly without we really noticing that there has been abuse. Emotional, financial, psychological abuse. And it's hard to actually recognize it as abuse because it seems as normal to treat specifically women in such ways. Now, which ways should you ask? I'm happy you ask. <laughs> what happens there that seems like abuse? I, before I go into the, the abuse that happens in the show, I would love to share with you another very interesting abuse experience that happened also on social media with an influencer in Mexico. Uh, just by the time that I was about to watch the show. It was so fascinating to watch this unfolding in real life. And I'm going to share this experience because it deeply connects to what was going on in the show made. So there was this beautiful, lovely, kind, gentle soul that it's an influencer in Mexico that comes from Korea. She's a very gentle, sweet woman. So cute and tender, everybody loves her. People that have seen her reels just love her. So she has become an influencer. She's the kind of influencers that, that actually does things with innocence and with kindness. It's not about um, something that happens a lot in Mexico to criticism and, and you know, being rude and being having jokes at the expense of people. She's a person that is kind, that is soft, and that is not Mexican. So this lovely Korean girl posted a reel in which she was 
for the very first time ever, making a joke to her boyfriend, who is Mexican. And I say for the first time, because usually she just makes funny reels about herself. But this time, maybe following a trend, I don't know, because I am not that much into trends. Um, she made a joke to her partner in which she was calling him, but not listening. Somebody else was listening to the conversation and signaling things to let her know what her boyfriend was saying. Like, um, hi, how are you? And, and the other person would listen, fine, I am walking home. And so the other person would go like, you know, like, like, like he's doing things to signal that he was walking. So that seems like a pretty innocent joke and like a cool trend, I don't know. She did that. and. It took a couple of seconds for him to start getting really, really upset. Like, and she was like, I am with Chris. Chris was her friend who was another woman. Or who is it? Is it a man? Then he hung up on her. Ooh. It was hard to watch. That reel was really hard to watch. And it was so fascinating to see thousands of people, thousands of people writing to her, telling her that is dangerous. It's a red flag. It's abuse. Leave that relationship. That's not the way. He shouldn't be talking like that to you. You know, people got really scared for this young, innocent, beautiful girl that was showing up so innocently uh, her relationship while we saw how the boyfriend got really upset at nothing and started yelling nothing. So, of course, George truly <laughs> wrote as well and I said, red flags that you should consider if he yells at you for no reason, gets extremely jealous, tries to control who you are with and where you go to, wrong. It's not safe because rela abusive relationships escalate. And then as a response, I got two guys calling me names for, for sharing this that I just shared, which again, I, it wasn't the only one. I, the, I wasn't the only one. There were thousands of people telling her that, that she, she should be careful. Because if you don't know this, you should. In Mexico, there are 11 women who are dying every day because of violence at home. 11 women die every day. intense right so of course we know this and we we were thinking that we were supporting her that we were were helping her at least to, to help her see that it's not something that we as mexicans see as normal but these people started attacking me you know, like and calling me names and it was like okay do that i don't care but then there was this person that was a woman because 
the first two guys that were calling me names and nothing were men. So it was like, <laughs> they think that's normal. Of course they do. So I don't even have to waste my time with these guys. But there was this woman that was messaging me, one message after the other, after the other, after the other, calling me names, calling me, you know, whatever, trying to shame me, like, surely you have been in an emotional abusive relationship, right? And that's why you are telling her those things. And then I was just thinking, dude, that thing your thing is insulting me is not. <laughs> There is no no insult in having been a survival of domestic abuse. I, I mean, gladly I haven't, but I know people that have, and there's no shame in that. I am a survivor of the fucking patriarchy. I can tell you that. I can tell you that my partner was not nice as a Mexican macho for many years. But gladly, he was never abusive. Like he never yelled at me or insulted me. Or he 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 was a macho, and that that was a challenge in itself. So there is no shame in having been a survivor of any kind of abuse: the abuse of the culture, the patriarchy, or the abuse of a partner. And then she was like, "Yeah, surely you think you know about this topic?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I do. I support women." as a living, I support them because that's my life mission. Yeah, you think that that's an insult, but it's not. Well, that's not the point. The point is, I guess it is the point. It is the point because this idea that there is any shame about being a victim of abuse is one of the things that causes so much denial. That's the word I was looking for. It, it's the thing that causes so much denial. People deny that they were victims of abuse because they don't want to be a victim. And then have to eat the fucking idea of, oh my God, get out of your victim mentality and just think positive. Think of the things that you want and don't have a victim mentality because, you know, all of those Tony Robbins bullshit things that go that make people feel like they are having difficulty in their lives because they want to. That is so fucking common. So, of course, that is part of the problem. The other part, and the reason why I'm sharing this story about the influencer and I'm connecting it to the to the show made, is that people really have a hard time defining emotional abuse. Uh, people really feel like there's no such thing that we should, uh, of course not people, like some people, <laughs> that we should just grow a thicker skin. That it's normal that people argue in such a way by yelling and insulting each other, or in the case of the show made, by being so angry that he tosses things at her or, or, or feels threatening to her. People feel like that's natural. People feel like that's the way in which couples argue. Newsflash, it's not. It shouldn't be. If your partner gets so angry that he insults you, you really should be considering if you want to be there. 
And if you get so angry that you start insulting your partner and, and, and want to punch him and to, you also should be considering what you're doing with your own life because abuse goes both ways. It's just that unfortunately, it's much more common coming from men towards women. And it tends to have deadly results when it comes from men towards women. Women can be emotionally abused. Yes. Unfortunately, yes. But it's less common that women get to murder their partners. Not impossible. Just in case there's somebody there, I hope not saying, I'm speaking about abuse in general. So the show myth. Now let's focus on that specifically. Emotional abuse in the show made. It shows up as the partner getting very drunk, very angry when drunk. Uh, but it's not just when he's drunk that he's emotionally abusive. You know that he's emotionally abusive because he um, gets to be also financially abusive, like takes away her, her card, doesn't let her work. It's her like shit. It's her like she's a stupid, crazy, like she's, she's wrong. There's something wrong with her. She's getting that treatment because she did something to deserve that. At least that's the way which they, they paint it, right? So that's emotional abuse and it shouldn't be normalized at all. Now, the sad truth, and that's where we're going to be talking about trauma, is that it's more normal, more normal than what we wish it was. The sad truth is that people normalize it because they most likely grew up in environments where that's what happened. Because many people grew up in families where mom punched, where mom was punched by dad, or where they would yell awful things at each other and to the children as well, where it was common to just be beaten by mom or dad whenever they got angry, even if, if, if it wasn't really about the kid, even if it was just that they were angry because whatever. So unfortunately, so many children grew up in families where emotional abuse was the norm. So of course it's hard to recognize emotional abuse when you see it, if you haven't first worked on changing the pattern in yourself and in your family and in your system. That's when people just jump to, to justify it and to say, come on, you're exaggerating. That's, that's such an exaggeration. Everybody behaves like that. No. No, people don't behave like that everywhere. And I'm going to tell you something. My mom and my grandmother used to have this often. When I get the the feeling here in my throat and in my chest and the tension in my jaw just um 
just as I'm about to share this, and of course, a part of me doesn't want to share this, but anyway, we need to have this awful family. I grew up in an emotional abusive family. And I understand why they were like that. I do. I understand that they were victims of trauma, terrible trauma. I understand that I owe the fact that they were traumatized to my grandfather and then to my father. It wasn't on my mom and my grandmother. It was on my father and my grandfather who were assholes. That's the name. They were, they were bad people. So um, won't tell you the stories of why I'm saying this, but I'm saying this because there's a reason. So anyway, they, their nervous systems were wrecked. My grandmother, and I will not share more details because this is not the place I will in my, in my book I'm writing about. But yeah, I'm still with Claire and, and because this is not about my story, but about trauma, right? That, that's the important thing. The thing is, my grandmother was deeply traumatized by the life experiences that she had. And that made her be a victim of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Then comes the next generation, my mom, who was raised by a mother with complex with, with PTSD and had some very traumatic experiences herself. And then when we when we live in a household where there is so much trauma, it just it, it, it just passes through the next generation. It's like it just drains into the next generation. So my mom was deeply traumatized by her own experience and the experience of my grandmother, which means that she dealt with a lot of anxiety and stress that weren't even easy for her to name. This caused them both to one, repeat patterns. One will behave in ways that the other was behaved before. And this has a reason. We all do at some point. When, when it comes to our families, to our parents, we all, as, as Jeff Hoffman says, there is something called negative love in which we learn that love is conditional. And we're constantly trying to gain the love of our parents. Um, so we either behave the same way that they do, or we behave in the totally opposite way. And that is, a scream from the child trying to say, do you love me now? Look, look, I'm doing the same thing that you're doing. Do you love me now? So that's the, that's the need of love and appreciation and validation that we all get to have. But people that have lived with trauma, especially intense trauma, just have repeating patterns that are deeply self-destructive. Messing around with the wrong man, is one of the most common patterns. And we can see that in the movie Made. That's exactly what happened. We see how in that movie, the mom was deeply traumatized. She had lived through trauma by being with a partner that was 
again, emotionally and physically abusive, because that's the thing with abuse. It starts with emotions, with then goes to finances, then goes to psychology, like, oh, yeah, very stupid. Nobody's going to trust you, to love you, to want to be with you. And then it goes to the physical part. It's usually interwoven. You don't even know when one turns into the other. That's the, that's the truth. So the mom, the grandmother, in this case of Maid, was a woman that had lived through trauma herself. And then, of course, because we follow the same pattern that our parents or the opposite one, because we learn that that is the way in which life should be like, because, and also because we're trying to solve that. Like our brains work pretty much like this earworm that we just keep repeating at the loop until we get to close it. That's pretty much what we do as children following the same steps as our parents. So no wonder that the mom was going to follow the steps of her mom and you get in a relationship with a deeply abused life. Abuse, 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 or abusive man. Um, but she chooses to break the circle. So does her mother before her. Her mother also left her partner. So in reality, the show is really showing us how they are doing this, the exact same thing up until the point where the the, the maze, the start of the show, the one thing that she does differently is that she, instead of going down the rabbit hole of substance abuse and, and becoming uh, poor and, and homeless, she goes in that in a direction of studying and thriving because she finds somebody in her life that moves her in that direction. She finds other women that, that move her in that direction. Um, she finds a woman that says, I am a victim of abuse too, and this has happened to me before. And she also finds um, the, this well-off woman that tells her to go to school and the women that give her job, jobs. And of course, there's a man and as there as well in there that supports her financially a little bit by giving her a car and then his house. There's a condition to that. Even when it's not openly spoken, he's actually hoping that eventually he will, he will get to be with her. And when that doesn't happen, he gets disappointed and asks her to leave. Which I think that we all women know at some point, right? Like the, the support of men so many times can be conditional. Like they are actually expecting us to do something for them or to be with them emotionally, while the support of other women is not conditional. That, that, that's, I wish I could say this rare, but unfortunately it's very common. So, and he was a good man, he was well-intended and, and I wish also she had stayed with him. But she wasn't ready because had, had she stayed with him as traumatized as she was, she would have just ended up hurting him. So I think it's a good thing that she chose to just move on and pass on the 
opportunity of being with him. So oh, it was such a reliable program, a reliable show. I really recommend you watch it. The thing with trauma, I just really want to leave you with, with, with a way out. The way out is actually recognizing the patterns, recognizing that what you're doing is something that is not, is not who you are, but it's how you learn to be, how you had to be in order to survive or how you had to be because the culture, the system, the family system pushed you in that direction, but it's not who you are. We are so much more than our trauma. We are so much more than the experiences that we have lived. Well, at the end of the day, I think that what saved the character of the show, which is based in a real life experience, I think that it was her own life. And what saved her and what has saved so many women before and after her, the connection with other women. That's the one thing that's going to save you. The connection with other women, the healthy, sister-like connection with other women. Recognizing that one, you're not alone. Two, there's always a way out. You just need to keep looking for it. And three, that these systems of support is because there are so many of us that have gone through that and we need to make the change right now. And that's what I want to share about the, the show. That's why that is stuck with me the most of the show. I think that she's doing something amazing because she breaks the pattern for her daughter. Most likely her daughter will have to deal with similar but not as dark experiences and the daughter of her daughter would surely not have to go through that experience at all we it takes time to heal it takes time to heal a lineage but we can get to that point please let me know in the comments if you want to share something more about the show if you like that it if there is something else that you'd like to discuss about the show about anything at all or what show would you like me to discuss i really want to discuss the show sex education next and the, the sex love and goop show on netflix uh, which portrays um many of my sexuality coaches colleagues and more than anything remember that you're not alone that trauma is not a life sentence that yeah, we are not responsible for what everything that happened to us, but we are responsible of what we do with it now, now that we had it. So yeah, we all have trauma, but we we can choose to heal it. If you want to work further with how the trauma is stored in the body and how you can process it. Know that you can send me a message. I have some free calls still available, free coaching calls still available, and amazing and deeply powerful coaching packages that support you into getting more into your body and reclaiming your life 
that from this empowerment of trauma. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I feel like a famous person with the microphone. I'm gonna sing. So I better disconnect before you start singing. Oh yeah, bye.